by the Leadership Podcast. The truth is, is that we have we have cultivated and created a very self-interested Christianity. Mm. As, as long as I'm doing fine, that's really all that matters. And if I have a problem, maybe I'll dig deeper into the Bible or pray a little bit more or, or try and serve a little bit more so that God will bless me and my life will get mm-hmm. back to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's really the end of it. And yeah. so we have this we have this worldview that has us at the center and it never gets much bigger than that what goes wrong when our ministry is mostly about a decision for christ but our theology of the kingdom is underdeveloped today we're going to talk about the kingdom of god and how leaders need to think about accessing the full resources of the kingdom instead of just knowing they're forgiven as important as that is. Today we're going to hear the first part of the story of how my friend Jamie had his understanding of ministry shattered by God. Jamie Wamsley is an associate senior pastor at the chapel in Lake County, Illinois, where he's been on staff for 23 years. Even though he was a leader in a wonderful and prominent megachurch, he got to the point where he felt like he was really not ministering Jesus. I think this could be a warning to everyone who may be sincerely doing all they know to do, but they're not accessing the story or the resources that are available in the gospel of the kingdom. What up, my friends? My name is Pastor Mark Carter. Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. We like to say we're connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. Our mission is to bring you a weekly dose of Bible-centric leadership coaching that will foster greater confidence, improve your leadership instincts, and keep you leading from a heart that is connected to Jesus. If you want to make sure you don't miss anything, make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcasting app, and there's a ton more resources on the website at BibleLeadership.com. When you subscribe, you'll be able to download a free ebook I wrote entitled, How to Attract Positive Change. Sharing the podcast goes a long way, as many of you know, toward helping other Christian leaders find it. So please don't miss an opportunity to share it. And make sure you stick around to the end because I also want to give you a tip on feeling rejected in leadership and what to do. Here's my conversation with Jamie Walmsley, the problem of shallow Christianity. Jamie, let's let's just dive right in, man. Um, You've seen this problem with shallow Christianity. And it sounds like there was a moment in time where this really began to come close to home for you. You mentioned in 2007, you're reading this John Wimber book. Yeah. Tell me about the John Wimber book and what, like, what was going on in your life? What was going on in the life of the church? And why was this a crucial moment for you? This was interesting. About 2007, 2008, we were about three or four years into our first building. We'd had several years of, of getting into a building, but we got into our first building. We exploded in size. And I, I think we were running uh, easily several thousand people. But we, my, me personally, I had been in ministry for about 10 years at that point in time at the chapel. And um, we had run the gerbil wheel as hard and as fast as we could possibly run it. And um, to be honest, we, we had drawn a whole lot of people. And... Um, in one sense, you could look at that and you could say, wow, God is doing something unbelievable there. It's, it's massive. So much is going on. You guys are exploding. And that was the perception that people had. Internally, I would tell you there was a much different feel. 
mm. and I, this was widespread, but oh. I'll just I'll just make it uh, personal to me. Sure. I was done. Um, I was pretty exhausted. Uh, we, I had given myself completely to that, and I was just running on empty. I mean, pure fumes. And um, I picked up this book that had been lying on my shelf for a long time since college. And it was a book about and by short stories about and by John Wimber. Hmm. And I started reading some of these short stories and I would find myself breaking into tears at different points. And I was like, what, what is wrong with me? And it was, it was the simplest things, the shortest sentences. Like I remember this one, Wimber said, all ministry is the ministry of Jesus. And I read that, and instantly in my mind, I said, bull crap. That's, that's bull. I looked at everything that I did on a daily basis, and literally 0% of my ministry reflected the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels. Nothing. There was literally nothing I did that looked anything or resembled anything like what Jesus did. And I, I looked at that sentence, and there's tears coming down my face, and I thought to John Wimber, you're either lying or I've gotten this completely wrong. Hmm. And that was um, kind of the thing that spurned uh, my journey. I, I asked God that question. Have I gotten it all wrong? And um, there was a process that God led me in, a process of discovery that caused me to put everything that I'd ever believed or thought to be true uh, biblically about my faith on the table and that I allowed God to sort through. And um, Mark, I, I would be lying if I said anything other than uh, God completely overhauled my Christianity in that moment. That's pretty dope. We've talked about, we've been talking about as a, as a church at Fierce, um, and you and I have just been recently talking about the kingdom. Yep. And what a huge concept that is. Mm-hmm. And that, that that can be a very paradigm-shifting idea once you really begin to read the scriptures through that paradigm. Um, tell me about your, your understanding of the kingdom before that and how that kind of shifted yeah. as you you know as you move through this 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 moment in time where God was rattling your cage a little bit. Yeah. So I for me, anytime I'd came across the phrase kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God in the Bible for years. I just, in my mind, loosely translated that as heaven. I just thought that ah, that's heaven, down the road, far away, whatever, that kind of thing. And um, there was a, a process through which God changed my understanding and helped me understand that the kingdom is actually at the very center of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, the gospel that Jesus preached was entirely about the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom of God had now come within reach. Yeah. And I, I had always loosely understood the gospel as being about the good news that I could go to heaven when right. I died. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I never understood that the, in, in that context, the good news often was more about the cross than it was about the kingdom. Yeah. But when, when I began to understand what Jesus's gospel was all about, that's that's what really transformed my, my faith. Yeah, we've talked about it like, um, you know, the First Corinthians 15 verse is really about, yeah, here's the elements of the gospel. Mm-hmm. This is how you get your sins forgiven. 
But as you begin to understand the kingdom, you, you start to see in the scriptures, this is Jesus' solution. This is God's solution to what's wrong on planet Earth. Right. It's become a dark kingdom because of Adam and Eve's sin. All yep. things jacked up. And now the rescue is not just, hey, I'm going to write off your sin, mm-hmm. but I'm going to fix everything and bring you into the true power and the true reality that you were supposed to be living in under the lordship of Jesus. Yep. That's it. So, um, Jamie, help me understand, like, did people respond well as you're being rattled? Did you share that with anybody? Did that, how did that go, you know, as you bring that up with different ones? Yeah, so if you, if you want to make people uncomfortable, tell them that uh, you may have gotten the gospel wrong. Because there's nothing that people hold more sacred in Christian circles yeah, than the gospel, sure. right? And this is, here's the deal. We throw this word around all the time. We talk about the gospel. We talk about how the gospel changed your marriage. The gospel changed your life. The gospel changed your kids. The gospel changes everything, right? The gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. But then you sit down and you ask people and you say, what actually is the gospel? Yeah. And, and people really wrestle with that. And as you pointed out about 1 Corinthians 15, most of the time in, in uh, uh, America today in Christian circles, we talk about the gospel from a cross-centered perspective. The good news, the gospel, the good news is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that if if we believe in him, we can be forgiven of our sins and, and spend eternity with him when we die, right? That is good news. And that is the gospel that Paul shared in, in specifically in 1 Corinthians 15. And a good way to describe that is the gospel of salvation. The gospel that Jesus shared is what you'd call the gospel of the kingdom. And that is the idea that the gospel of the kingdom of, of God had now come within reach of each and every one of us. Dallas Willard says it like this. I love this. The, the good news of Jesus is that we can begin to live in the kingdom of God today through faith in Jesus. And here's here's the thing about those gospels. It's not that Paul and Jesus have different gospels. It's that Paul's is more narrow and fits inside Jesus's gospel. The gospel of salvation is like the doorway into a large, big, beautiful home. Yeah. And the gospel of the kingdom is that home. Yeah. But here's the, here's the real significance of that, Mark. The gospel of Jesus reveals the story of scripture. The gospel reveals the story. And here's the thing about story. Story is what shapes our identity. Once we understand mm-hmm. the story that we're living in, we actually understand God's identity and our identity and the mission of God on earth. And so it's the gospel of Jesus that opens up our Christianity and makes it bigger, more expansive, Yeah, in my opinion. No, I feel that. And, and we, we've talked about, Jamie, how um, there's, there's results for, for only having Paul's gospel and mm-hmm. not having the larger gospel of the kingdom. There's results in individuals and there's results in the church at large. Yep. What do you think those are? Like, how have you seen that manifest in the negative because they don't have the story? Yeah. So here's the deal. And we, we've, we make jokes about this all the time. We all know it's true, right? Like with the gospel of salvation, we talk about getting our fire insurance, right? Yeah. Say, praying the prayer, saying that you have faith in Jesus so that you can be forgiven of your sins and go to heaven when you die. That you, then you've got your fire insurance and you're good to go, right? Here's the deal with that. All of the tension in that decision precedes coming to faith. Once you come to faith, all of the tension goes away because you're going to spend eternity with God when yeah. you die, right? Yeah. And it, it breeds, not, not always and certainly not intentionally, but largely it breeds this passivity mm-hmm. where we're just kind of riding things out, yeah. waiting to the end so that we can go spend eternity with God. And as you point out, Mark, it's highly individualistic. Yeah. It's just about you and you and God and your relationship with him, right? Yeah. You take the gospel of the kingdom, right? 
the gospel of the kingdom, actually all of the tension is introduced after you come to the line of faith because you realize that you're embroiled in the midst of this global cosmic conflict yeah. where Satan is at work, mm-hmm. the kingdom of darkness is, is prevalent everywhere, and you're being invited to push it back. And so instead of breeding this passivity, it breathes this, this natural form of activism yeah. as you realize that you're caught up in the midst of this war. And it's, it's not just about you. Right. It's about all of us. And I think maybe that changes even understanding of the enemy a little bit. I think it's so easy to, you know, when we first come to know the Lord and you hear about the enemy, it's like, oh, he, you know, he's just kind of giving you a hard time because he's evil. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just, that's what he does. You know, he's like Wiley Coyote. That's just his role. Instead of, no, dude, like when you allow yourself to become passive, that's what he wanted because you're supposed to push against his kingdom. You're supposed to take ground away from this opponent. And if you allow him to just lull you to sleep, uh, that's exactly what he had hoped for. Absolutely. So the idea of the kingdom uh, becomes gives us a much more robust understanding of why it's important that we resist the devil, resist sin, vie for other people to come into the kingdom, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing he wants more than for you to be bored yeah. w- with with your faith and yep. just sit this one out. Yep. Or go to a few more Bible studies, you know. And listen to a couple podcasts or whatever, but largely just hang on onto the spaceship until you all arrive in heaven. Yeah, and and just to believe that it's just about you. Yeah. And that you don't really have a significant role to play or that your life matters in all this. Ooh. So how does that okay, so that's kind of how it affects a believer. Mm-hmm. But how does that affect the church at large? Like how are we uh maybe inheriting, you know, we've talked about it like it's half the gospel. How are how is the church kind of inheriting maybe half of what it's supposed to? Yeah. Uh, because we're not walking in the fullness of it. Yeah. So uh, 20 years ago, probably, Mark, uh, the church was characterized as the vast ocean three inches deep. I actually think in the 20 years that have followed, we've gotten much smaller in size, but are about as shallow as we were. And the truth is, is that we have we have cultivated and created a very self-interested Christianity. Mm. As long as I'm doing fine, that's really all that matters. And if I have a problem, maybe I'll dig deeper into the Bible or pray a little bit more or, or try and serve a little bit more so that God will bless me and my life will get mm-hmm. back to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's really the end of it. And yeah. so we have this we have this worldview that has us at the, the center. center. Yeah. And it never gets much bigger than that. And even obedience can become about so I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the whole reason I'm doing it rather than to fulfill my function and to join my brothers and sisters at arms in glorifying God. Yep. And, and, and the church, the church itself, the literal definition of it is the community of the kingdom of God on earth. It's a group of people together who are manifesting this new and different reality yeah. that pushes back the darkness all around it. And invites people into something different. And yeah. so when you have a self-interested Christianity, it's it's not even a pale reflection of that. It's not even close to that. And so for the, the American church on large, we haven't even come close to experiencing the Christianity that God is calling us towards. So a couple things, you know, for those who are leaders, for those who are thinking about getting into ministry or maybe are in ministry. I mean, one of the applications we can already take away is make sure that we're explaining the full gospel, Mm -hmm. that we're talking about the kingdom itself and inviting people into a kingdom life and not just kind of a a slip that gets them out of the judgment of God, though that is definitely a part of it and very important.
Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in. Now, I've got a couple extra resources on the kingdom that are yours for free on the post page for this podcast. Just go to BibleLeadership.com, click on podcast, and you're looking for BLP36, or it will just be in the show notes uh, on your app if you have an app that shows show notes. Remember, you can get that free ebook, How to Attract Positive Change, by subscribing at BibleLeadership.com. Hey, if this has been helpful to you, join me at the website on Facebook, subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and check out our YouTube channel. If you want to be super amazing, you could share this podcast on social media, leave a review in iTunes, and if you're a super fan, consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Leadership, where you can become a patron and help us create more digital resources to help people grow as spiritual leaders for as little as $3 a month. Every little bit means a ton, and it is so meaningful. Now, here's your final leadership tip. The rejection of a few often feels weightier than the affection of many. Fifty people can love and accept us, and yet our tendency when rejected is to forget the fifty and focus on the one who has rejected us. Many of you know this. Twenty-nine out of the thirty minutes of a meeting can be positive, and yet someone says something wrong at the end, and you can walk out feeling like a failure. Here's what we need to do. See beyond what people say. See, God knew about your weaknesses and your hang-ups and your fears and your baggage long before he ever called you, and he called you anyway. People will say things about your dreams and your plans, but it was God that actually gave them to you and is fully competent to bring them to pass and also perform it. So the question is, can you see beyond what people say? At the end of the day, we've got to know that we know that we know that we are called And we want to love everybody, but we are not going to let the enemy use the random opposition or the random hurts from different ones to slow us down. Listen, there is a job to do. There is a mission to solve. We are doing a great work, and we can't always come down and have a discussion about it all the time. We need to make sure that we are pressing on, even though we might have the rejection of one or two, we need to focus more on the affection of God and the affection of the many others that are probably also helping us in some way or other. All right, my friends, keep leading strong today. I'll see you soon.